another day. All right, let's ride. Probably not matching. I'm going to go out on the limb and say I was slightly ashy. Probably had on whatever Nike Force shoe was popular at the time. Maybe even some LA Gears or Reeboks. But that was the 90s, man. It was a good time to be alive. People seemed more unified, of course, until, you know, shit like OJ happened and all that. But still, the 90s was a good time. It wasn't as politically charged. That's a lie because you had Bill Clinton. Anyway, the 90s was a good time. I was a kid. I was innocent. I didn't care about a lot of this shit. I was just having fun with high top fades and then low cut fades after my 80s rat tail days were over with. It was a good time. The 90s was the shit. But this is No Play in This Ride, episode number 92. Thank goodness we made it. Hosted by Blackout. And I've come to talk to you about some things. Some things I was going to talk to you about last week, but due to events that happened, I was too angry to, to speak on that. And then there's some other things that happened this week, some ongoing shit. But I'm going to get to the Epstein stuff in a second. In a real quick second, I have a question prior to that, though. And I'm going to wrap it up and try to uplift on the way out because you don't want to stick around on Epstein type Ep steam type stuff too long because it's it's weird and it's creepy and it's gross but i gotta address it because i watch the news and people listen to this shit like four y'all so for the four people that listen to me the four of you guys i'm gonna tell you how i feel about the latest situation but anyway i had a question this to me it feels like if you look at what the general consensus is based on the opinions of people right it seems to me that a person's place of origin, the climate will dictate what the general opinion of the people from that space is, if that makes sense. Let me reword it. So depending on where you're from, people think people from that same region have a certain mentality, maybe a certain level of, of politeness or manners or whatever. My thing is, if you look at, if you look at um, people on the West Coast, people might think they're all carefree, they're all kind of blasé, don't give a shit about anything, it's like to hang out, Suntime, California, this, that, and the third, right? And if you look at people from the North versus people from the South, does climate really dictate what your personality will be? My theory on this is fucking probably. If you look at the trends and just fuck it, if you just look at history and then the way people are and the, I would say, um, I guess the different morals or cultures is a better word, the different cultures of each of each region, it seems like it's apparent. If you look at the cities, cities you got people like up north in the cities, I say more upper east coast, 
it was developed to house a lot of people at one time. Land in certain parts of the north, the northeast in particular, was not at a premium. So in the higher populated, more densely populated area, obviously the cities, they were constructed to house large amounts of people and the things that those people need. Now, when you're trying to get a lot of people in a small space, you may not have the same amount of resources, and it's just a, a real big compromise for everybody in the space to make that type of environment function. Just look at New York City. Look at Philly, look at D.C., look at any other major city, look at Jersey, look at uh, Newark, somewhere like that, uh, look at Connecticut, any other major area like that. People have to move and get accustomed to being around each other in a certain way. And I guess with all that um, constant interaction with people, over time, the culture, you just get used to, you can't always be mannerable. You interact with so many people that maybe it's just like, hey, man, enough of this shit, man. I'm from Boston. Somebody pissed me off. I'm going to tell you right then and there that I think what I think. And if you look at the climate, maybe the resources don't lend to being as outgoing and friendly with people say it's colder maybe you can't grow as much food or whatever so people tend to stick to smaller groups and with the weather being what it is people tend to be inside more so maybe they're more standoffish to strangers versus the south where there's a premium on land depending on where you go and everybody likes to have their own space but with that space sometimes you're willing to share that space the weather is warmer I won't say better because that's a matter of uh, opinion, unless you're talking about California. But I'll say the weather is warmer, which may lend to more crops, more resources, people more willing to share. I don't know, just something I was thinking about. I forgot what I was watching that sparked this in my brain. But there was something I seen that made me think about how people are culturally depending on where they come from, if that makes sense. And this is something that transcends race for the most part. But maybe if you look at it on a scale, on a historic scale of uh, imperialism, countries from that developed quicker have traditionally conquered areas where there's greater resources in order to exploit said resources from the places they conquered if that makes sense. If you just look at the con like the continent, not the continent, the continent of Africa, if you look at the Caribbean islands, if you look at South America, if you look at any anywhere where the weather is warm and there's natural resources there, the South Pacific, they've all been colonized. They've all been ran through. If you look at Africa, um, what was it called? I'm losing my train of thought. If you look at Africa in particular, you'll see the influence. Some some countries they speak English, some countries they speak French. It just lends to to the colonization of the of that part of the world. And maybe they didn't develop technologically because there wasn't really a need. Maybe there was so much there naturally that they were not forced to progress. Because if you just look at old Europe versus what we know of old Africa, they don't really teach us in the states unless you take some, I would say, in-depth college course. But they don't really teach us or show us that in the States. But if you look at how they developed their kingdoms and they had castles and all this shit, 
Well, they had to. They had to live like that to protect them from the elements. In Africa, you didn't really need that. You're not going to freeze to death in Africa now. It's bugs and shit and that heat is ridiculous and all that. But you don't really need the same, the same, I would say the same structures. Because all your resources there around you, you got the sun, you got water depending on where you're at. You got wildlife to feed off of and you have land to grow food and just natural growing things. So to me, when you look at how the world and history has shaped us to the point where we are now, it kind of make a lot makes a lot of sense. Like look at Hawaii and all the shit that's going on there. Well, people wanting to build things on sacred land, but because they don't have the money to fight for land that, if we were being decent, should be theirs, oftentimes they lose. And for someone who's been there, when you see it in person, like to see it on TV and hear people talk about Hawaii, it's cool. It's great. It's, it's a nice place to visit. It's a dream destination for, for most, right, for most normal people. But when you've actually been there and you actually get a sense of it and you see Hawaiians angry and reacting to white people like I've seen in my, <laughs> in my personal, like I tried to break the fight up, but they was trying to whoop this white dude's ass. And this guy, he was drunk, but he was, to, be, to his credit, he restrained himself, but there was an anger in them Hawaiians that I, I, I understood. I, I really, really got it. Were they right in this instance? No. But the anger they have, I completely understand. And it's something I, I would say that you got to go there to really understand. You got to leave the country to really understand. You go to the Virgin Islands or the, you go anywhere in the, in the Caribbean and you see these people, or even the South Pacific, and you see people that are obviously not indigenous to that land and the way they live way better than the people who are naturally from that land, yet the people who are indigenous are working for them. It's just something that fucks with my head every time I think about it. It really does. But I mean, I, was, I had a thought, it made sense to me, so I figured I'd share it with somebody. Maybe I'm crazy, who knows? But one thing you know about me is I'm alive. Now the next person I'm gonna talk about can't really say that for. So, Mr. Jeffrey Epstein has, air quotes, committed suicide. I don't know if this man killed himself or not. To me, it would seem really, really fishy for this man who was supposed to have been on suicide watch to die. Now, I read the article um, CNN put out, and they said he was evaluated psychologically and he was taken off a of suicide watch which makes me think that there may have been a window of opportunity for somebody to eliminate an individual who could release some um, less than popular in, uh, information about them to put it blunt Jeffrey Epstein could have fucked up the whole system if the allegations or implications are true about the people he was spending time with. Now, when we talk about millionaires, 
There's a lot of millionaires out there. There's a lot. If you look at athletes, if you look at, um, I would say most celebrities, there's a lot out there. But when it comes to people that you don't know, and we're talking multi-millions, possibly billions of dollars, there's not a lot of people that can be in that room. So the people that can be in those rooms tend to be in them together. Their circles are very, very small. So it would make sense if multimillionaires, possibly billionaires in the country, high society, are linked to one another. Now, this man has been linked to former president Bill Clinton and the current president, 45. Now, even though Mr. Clinton is out of office and possibly living his best life pending his health, these are accusations that you still do not want to hit the airwaves. He knows from actions 20 years ago, anytime anything like this comes out, it's going to catch like a wildfire. So he has to duck the smoke every time, every goddamn time. He's being quiet about the shit. Now, the other individual is not being quiet about the shit to the point to where he's retweeting shit that conspiracy theorists, uh, you know, maybe possible conspiracy theorists, but black conservative dude on Twitter made a video and the current POTUS um, decided to retweet it. Now, to me, this is just a lack, a total lack of... Um, the circle. This is a lack of support in your system. Because whether the guy is guilty or not, whether he's involved with this with these shenanigans or not, the worst thing you could do is tweet about it and draw that attention back to yourself. You so busy pointing the finger at somebody else, you're firing yourself up. Now I, as a person with common sense, would think once or twice about believing somebody saying they had nothing to do with this when we know there's footage of the two being together hanging out. When we know that this person is a self-admitter of sexual assault. I'm just saying. This is what we know. This is what we have on videotape. This is what this person has said. And this is what the witnesses are saying, that he was involved. So for you to hype it up, to me, just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Especially after this man has just lost his life. I don't really value him as a human being, given the shit that he admitted to doing, and that the evidence says he did. I don't value him as a human being. The best thing for him to do would have been to say nothing at all. Definitely not tweet some shit from somebody who has no credibility, which is crazy because you question your own national security teams, but you retweet some rando fuck on Twitter so that you can point the finger at somebody else. Somebody who really doesn't have as much to lose as you. Somebody who's going to live off their name for the next few years of their life. 
whose books are going to keep them paid, whose speaking engagements are going to keep them paid, and who can, to an extent, dodge media attention, at least better than you can. The other guy in the situation is already gone, apparently took his own life. But yet you hype it back up by talking about it, which makes me believe that it benefited you the most for this guy to, to go. And everybody wants to blame Hillary Clinton, this time the third, but somebody made a good point in the meme. They were like, hey man, Kenneth Starr is still alive. Monica Lewinsky, still alive. So I mean, she really wanted to have somebody clipped. Those people probably would have never made it to the media. And this was at the, the time where she was in the White House. So if anybody would have had the stroke to do it, not really seeing how somebody would have had more opportunity to do it than somebody working for, I'm not going to say who, but it just makes sense. The person was in the federal prison. He was facing federal charges that implicate or have connected him to the current commander-in-chief. I'm just saying. Who would have more access? A former president who's no longer involved in government, his wife who was no longer involved in government, who just lost an election to the current president, or the current president. I'm just going to use my brain. Because I looked on Twitter and I see the, the countering or the dual, you know, um, hashtags, Trump body count, Hillary body count, or Clinton body count, so to speak. But this one to me is like, hey, man, you got a clear advantage and a lot more clear motive. Because this man already survived. He already survived the situation between him and his uh, intern or whatever Monica Lewinsky was. Multiple allegations of sexual assault or sexual harassment. The other guy on one hand outright admitted and gloated about sexually assaulting women. So, I don't know. It just makes more sense to me who would have the access and the ability and the drive and the will to eliminate this individual. Especially if it's like you say, and you fell out with this man 15 years ago. To me, that would add more animosity to the situation. I don't know. I'm just freestyling. I'm spitballing. But it's real. It's real to me, goddammit. And there's things out on the interwebs, there's, man, look, it's looking bad for certain people, but at the end of the day, it only proves one thing to me, that people, some people are just Teflon, man. Some people are Teflon, and they do it what they want because they know they're going to get away with it. And people in his financial space usually are those type of people. Now, if I can, if it'll work, I'm going to attempt to play something um, from an interview that was done on the private eye who was investigating this guy for like a decade. So bear with me while I try and play this. If I fuck it up, hey, my bad. ...on behalf of alleged victims, winning settlements against the multimillionaire. Victims were so young, he says it's inconceivable those in Epstein's social circles could not have at least suspected the girls were underage. Once these girls lost their braces and their, their um, pubescent look and they started becoming... 16 years old or 17 years old they were too old for him 
So then he started using him for recruiters to bring the younger girls. Epstein did plead guilty in 2008 to two state charges, including procuring a person under 18 for prostitution, a charge so demeaning to the children he victimized, Fiston says it silenced many of them. These were girls that were not of age of consent in the state of Florida. They couldn't be prostitutes. One victim told Fiston she was just 13 when it started. But she looked like she was nine. And she started telling me the whole story about how, you know, she tried to live a good life. She was blaming herself for what Jeffrey did to her. And she was in such pain, this girl, that, listen, nothing really phases me after spending like 13 years in homicide. Nothing really phased me anymore. But that really phased me. I mean, I teared up during this. Court documents obtained by CNN detail how Epstein intimidated, frightened, and threatened potential witnesses against him, including the girls he had abused. The U.S. Attorney's Office knew the FBI was investigating, but chose not to prosecute. Fiston witnessed that harassment firsthand. He hired um, private investigators, and all their job was to do was to follow the girls around and intimidate them. They were on their bumpers everywhere they went. They pull into a gas station, they pull up behind them. They pull up to a grocery store, they pull up behind them. So this is happening while he's supposedly serving his 13 months? Uh, while he's serving it and after he gets out, while he's on probation. You know, if you're looking at this from a law and justice point of view, whatever that prosecution was, doesn't sound like it sent any message to Jeffrey Epstein. Well, it did send a message. You can do what you want. And no one's going to mess with you. That's crazy, right? That's crazy. I listened to it today and I was like, you know what? I got to put this on there because... I want you to get the depth of it. And that's exactly why I did what I did last week when they had that shooting at Walmart and the guy was in Walmart and he was giving a quick little rundown of what was going on. Like, I can sit here and read for you verbatim whatever these people say, but it hits a lot harder when you actually hear the people involved in the situation talk about it. And for me, one of the reasons why it's, it was important for me to say something about this is because I got daughters you know what I mean? I got friends who got daughters. They got sons. And shit just happens to people all the time. And you never know who it's going to happen to. But there's people that always get away with shit because of their financial standing, because of power or whatever. They always get away with shit. And it just, it just makes, me, it makes me so mad. And I get into conversations with people and they try to manipulate the conversation and make it go one way. But this is a man who was in rooms with a lot of powerful people. So if you tell me that this man who was knocked for this over a decade ago, who was able to go home from jail to work and was supposedly having women brought to his place of work while he was still incarcerated and still doing this shit. If you're telling me that he was in a room full of people all the time and people would fly out to his shit, I'm kind of believing it. Because the attitude that you're bulletproof, you can get away with this shit, seems to permeate through people in that group. Even Clinton denied that shit with Monica Lewinsky until he couldn't no more. He denied, denied, denied. And the other one lies all the goddamn time. So for me, why would I not believe it? Why would I think this man killed himself? He was probably going to go to federal prison anyway. And I understand it's a lot different 
in the heat of the night, it's a lot different when the heat is on. People switch up. People switch up and there's a chance he did do this to himself, but where did he get it from? In the fucking federal prison. What did he hang himself with? Nobody heard him. He passed a psych eval and was taken off suicide watch. That can go either way. Maybe he didn't kill himself. Maybe he was persuaded to kill himself because something far worse could have happened. And that's why I always say, man, when it comes to people with this much money, when it comes to people who have influence like this, who can make it so that they um, can kind of finagle the bagel, you try to put them in jail, you go, it's a waste of time. They're too connected. You see what happened with the, the federal prosecutor Acosta down in Florida? Too connected. Jail time ain't shit compared to taking them assets. Take that island. Take the mansion. Take the cars. Take the ranch in New Mexico. Take all the assets away. Then throw them in jail and redistribute that money to the victims. Donate some of that money to shelters that help people who've been involved in situations like this. Get them therapy. That's what we should do with shit like this. Weinstein, if he's guilty, I don't know the, I don't know the truth. If they're guilty, Cosby, Weinstein, fucking Kevin Spacey, all of them. Something like this, take the assets. Because the jail time ain't really going to do shit. Sitting there for a year, he come out, fall on a pile of money. What's it going to do? You're just empowering him. What's their life going to be like in jail? Probably not as bad. Because I can believe that people he's connected to were involved in this shit. There's a guy supposed to be Bill Clinton's son who's been trying to get this man to acknowledge him for years. And he's of mixed race. Looks just like Bill motherfucking Clinton. Crazy. But not so crazy. If you don't believe me, look up Bill Clinton's black son. <laughs> and when you see him, whew, I don't know. I don't know. That's a Maury show for you. And then, you know, the other guy. Come on, man. You display how wicked you are every day on social media and on TV. And that's what, that's what gets me. I'm arguing with guys going back and forth just talking about character. Character, the way you present shit. Marketing, I always talk about marketing. We have a situation in which our country has been sold on this idea that assholeism is conducive to human society. It's really not. Being the ironic jerk asshole for laughs, yeah. It's been marketed to us, our society as the thing to do. So some people embrace it. And I'm going back and forth with um, always one of the young dudes on uh, on Facebook. And he's a young black dude, conservative, right? And I don't knock him for being conservative. I just knock him for how he presents his message. There's certain words you can use to get people to listen to you versus calling, saying, hey, 
people don't know this, they're ignorant and they believe this. You don't have to say that. I know what the word ignorant means, but that's not how it comes off. Unaware, misinformed, misled. Those are better words to turn your argument to the ears of the listener you're trying to catch. But you come out the game with ignorant, nobody wants to listen to you. He was talking about the dude, um, I don't know if it was Roger Bird, but there was a picture of Joe Biden with somebody, and this guy was supposed to have been in the KKK as a young man. He ended up becoming one of the longest congressmen to ever to ever uh, hold, hold a position, hold a seat. A man posted the picture, put it up, said, oh, look at Joe Biden with this guy. Okay, cool. But you failed to mention the part where the guy denounced it. I don't condone the involvement at all. He don't get no pass from me. But if you asking me to look at something this man did in his 20s versus what he did the rest of his life with him willing to publicly apologize and saying his actions were wrong and saying that he'll continue to apologize, he's already done more for me than just by making that statement than the person holding the office, the highest office in the land. Because for me, a big thing is character. And when I think about what people are willing to display in public, if you're willing to be this much of a buffoon in the public eye on purpose, like you getting up and making a statement during the press conference and maybe you slip and say something that you didn't mean to say is one thing, but you actually going out on your own and consistently tweeting this shit and trolling, that's on purpose. And if you're willing to be that type of an asshole on purpose, what are you doing to us behind the scenes? What are you like in private? That's why to me all this shit is believable. That's why it's totally conceivable to me that this guy was murdered in his cell to prevent him from talking about other people. You're telling me these people that you're fucking with overseas are good people. Them rockets are still firing. Rocket man still doing this thing. But I'm supposed to believe you. It's crazy to me. And the wild part about it is, on the flip side, you look at Jeffrey Epstein and his situation, this man consistently was fucking with underage girls. Admitted to it, but because of his wealth, did his 13 months in jail, was out 12 hours a day, and then returned to his cell at night. His life kept on going. And if you look at the girl who's getting released, Antonia Brown, she killed a man when she was 16 and was in jail for 15 years. But she was a victim of sex trafficking. And her mom was warped and fucked up by terrible people in the same vein of Mr. Epstein Maybe not the guys who were actually paying the big money, but the guys who were getting paid the big money to provide young girls. Had her head all twisted up. She got into a situation where she was in a room with a guy, she killed him, 16 years old. She did 15 fucking years in prison. But she was a victim. 15 years. You know what the situation was? She was black and fucking poor. Now she has to come out and learn how to be an adult on the outside world after dealing with all that trauma for the first 30-some years of her life.
Shit ain't right, man. This world we live in, shit ain't right. It's not right. Move on from this. The man is gone. Can't do nothing about it now. I feel bad for the victims. Get them folks some money. Take them assets. Get them folks some money. Put them on the board of his companies. Let them get paid and let them choose somebody to continue to run this company, rename it, all that shit, so they can continue to get some damn money. Or just break that shit up and push it out to the people. Now, another famous person or another rich person involved in some shit. Some monkey shit, <laughs> to be exact. My man, the Vegas legend, Wayne Newton, is being sued because his monkey bit two women, a mother and a daughter. Well, now, I don't know if this was like some weird sex thing or whatever. I don't know what was going on in that house, but I don't know why you had a monkey. <laughs> if you had a monkey, it's not too far for me to believe that some weird sex shit was happening. Anyway, why are the mother and daughter at your house? Were they friends? I don't know, but you let a monkey bite people in your household and now they're gonna sue the shit out of you. And they should, because that's ridiculous. Also, though, I know people are famous. Cool. But I'm going to go ahead and assume that if they went to his house, I would hope that they built up a certain type of relationship with this man. And they probably knew the monkey was there. So you being of sound mind, why did you go to the house with the monkey in it? I don't understand. Some things are not for me to understand. And I just move on. And this has been a very, very weird episode. And I'm going to shut it down right now because I'm at a loss. But I will not leave before telling you about a great Netflix documentary. Something to clean up all the mess I just spilled upon your ears. So, if you like black people, like me. I'm black. I like black people. I like for other people to like black people. Go on Netflix and check out this documentary about a man who was friends with Quincy Jones, a man named Clarence Avon, the black godfather. And this, uh, this guy was a mover and shaker in Hollywood. He was an agent that cut his teeth, ninth grade education, but he got out, got to it, got in the world, met some, met some good people, got put into a great spot. And uh, he's influenced a lot of people. I don't want to spoil it, but definitely go out. Um, not go out. Go home. Don't go to your phone or your tablet or whatever you got to do. Cut on Netflix and watch Black Godfather. It is a really, really good documentary about a guy who nobody has probably heard of. Unless you're in that, um, that elite circle of showbiz life. But his name is Clarence Avod, and this man was do doing miraculous things, especially for his time. The time frame is important to see a black man making these moves. I will say that. So go check out Black Godfather. It was great. Also, a lot of music came out. Rick Ross's album, Port of Miami 2, sounds great so far. Somebody else dropped, I can't remember. BJ the Chicago Kid dropped, if you're looking for R&B. That came out. Who else came out? Another album came out trying to remember off the top of my brain but it's, it's hard right now damian lillard got an album out i think it's called what's it called dame dollar yeah big dollar by dame dollar that's damian lillard the basketball player if you're not aware 
And yes, Drake tricked me too. He dropped care package on title. Pretty sure it's something old. I, well, I know for a fact it's something old. It's just something he put out on title to, I guess, let people know to get ready. He's coming back out soon. So, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. That's all I got. Y'all be real out there, man. Um, stay away from situations where there may be an active shooter. <laughs> that basically means don't leave your house. But if you can, you know, get low, get safe, get home. And just be a decent human being, man. Don't embrace the bullshit. Try to be a decent human being. Change the world. Start with yourself. Learn something new every day. Be easy out there, man. One love. Peace.